Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Welcome back to News File on Joy 99.7 FM, Joy News. And we started off that whole discussion, at least we are yet to talk, but we've been hearing from President Ekofado and his Ashanti Regional Tour, the issues that have come up. There are those who've been calling for the sacking of um, Finance Minister Ken Ofuriata. Is he actually made it to the top five excellent minister list for President Ekofado? Once again, I'll go through my lists, at least. I have top four here as well uh, that will be joining me for this discussion. Godfred Bopping is a professor of finance and economics at the University of Ghana. Dr. Thierry Champong, via Zoom, is a political risk analyst and economist. I have Brasford Jampo, is a professor of political science, University of Ghana. I have Dr. Benatutu Bwahing, lecturer in marketing, University of Education, whenever I am political marketing consultant. Maybe we should test our Zoom uh, sound and be sure. Dr. Thierry Champong, uh, Dr. Tutu Bwahing, uh, good morning and welcome to News Val. Good morning. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. And in the studio, the two professors and the latest professor as well. Yeah. Morning, morning. Good morning. Good welcome. Morning. Welcome to News File. So um, I know that uh, we are talking about the Ashanti Regional Tour to start with, but I know that the four labor unions, the teacher unions, you're still on strike. Um, How is it going? Have we had the response that you were looking for in terms of why we are on the strike? No, we've not had um, any such response. Um, you recall that um, we sent letters around that um, our conditions of service um, have been varied to our disadvantage without recourse to us. And who does that? If you want, for whatever reason, you want to vary the condition of service, of labor to their disadvantage, um, you do so with consultations or in consultations mm. with labor. Um, this thing um, was not done, and unilaterally. Um, government decided to write that um, some allowances that are due as um, should not uh, should be withdrawn or something like of the mm. sort. And uh, we wrote letters, um, petitions here and there. We wrote to National Labour Commission. National Labour Commission summoned the government side to um, ensure that the writing is done, but the government side ignored the National Labour Commission, and so we decided to lay down our tools and. Um, National Labour Commission called us, and as usual, mm-hmm. um, before we went there, we knew that they would say that, look, you guys should call off your strike. And so um, we were prepared for them. They said that, and they asked the government side to further engage us. We've been engaging with the government side. Clearly, uh, if you look at their posture and their responses, they are not willing to um, accept our demand. We are so not, not because they are unreasonable demands. Well, well no, no, no. I mean, okay. it's, it's something you don't, if for whatever reason you want to vary an employee's conditions of service to his or her disadvantage, you consult. You don't use that kind of buga buga takashi strategy to do that. Because of what? Because today you are occupying a position of trust, or today you are in power and we are teachers. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. 
regardless of the position you hold, we touch you. And so you have no right to come and bully anybody. And we are not going to allow that. Mm -hmm. And so um, National Labor Commission um, directed that, well, they sh we should engage. I don't understand that ruling. We should engage people who are unengageable, people who are not willing. I mean, in our discussions with them, we made overtures. We made sacrifices. We even said that if for some reason, we know times are hard. We are not a bunch of irresponsible or um, 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 insensitive um, people. We are teachers. That's we are how you parents. come across. That's how no. you come across. No, no, no. We are parents. You, you have no idea the concessions that we made. We even went to the stand of telling them that if you can't pay, stop paying, but let us have, let's defer payment okay. to a certain date. Even that one, they didn't want to budge. And then you are telling us to go engage them. Well, the National Executive Committee of the Labor Unions have met mm -hmm. and they've decided, they've taken certain decisions. I am sure by the close of day to day, mm -hmm. it, those decisions will be made public. Okay. And well. the point is that we are still where we are. Mm. Well, that's an issue that I'm sure much later we'll delve into it. But Professor Bokling, uh, I know you've made calls over the period about the finance minister's stance or his status as the finance minister. For you, you feel that his sacking or resignation will turn things around. You've heard the president in the Ashanti region in that interview. He actually makes the top five list. Excellent minister in the first term. It doesn't look like there will be a sacking. You will not get what you're asking for. Well, um, good morning, and good morning to our cherished listeners and viewers. Um, that's, that's unfortunate. Um, it's unfortunate because we are, we are in crisis. If there's anything more than crisis, perhaps that's what you could use. And therefore, you would expect that leadership would respond appropriately. Sometimes it matters that you sacrifice somebody so close, mm -hmm. right? Because if the president will be mindful of what is happening, even across the investor base, home and abroad, you could see that they are already discounting the leadership of the finance minister, right? So part of leadership is to pick that right signal where you say that, okay, I've gotten to the stage where I need to trade off loyalty. I need to, I need to, I need to trade off personal interest for the common good. If this is what we do the trick, why not? Because mm -hmm. it's done everywhere. It's done in, in times like this, right? And that would just be the starting point the, what we are asking for is actually beyond just asking the finance minister to go. Mm. Ghana has gotten to the stage where an IMF-supported program is not enough. And all that we are doing now is just to wait for what will happen from the IMF negotiation. Come on, the IMF is not here to govern this country, right? So the necessary governance reforms that we need to initiate... And we must do that regardless of whether an IMF program is in place or not, right? Because, because reforms are more effective when they are bundled together and reinforce each other. Okay, so, and, and we'll get there. Mm -hmm. the, they have no moral rights to ask Ghanaians to take a haircut or investors to take a haircut when they have kept their hair on. It makes no sense. And, and we, we can do the permutation and say, look, we know Cote d'Ivoire took a decision to reduce the number of ministers from 41 32. What is so special about Ghana? Right? We can do that and free our space rather than loading the head cuts on ordinary people who perhaps did not contribute to the mess. That's the point that we are talking about. Look, and data exists to suggest that the size of government in Ghana is negatively affecting growth. Mm. That's very clear. So some level of restructuring 
some level of reshuffling and downsizing the government and looking at it also across state-owned enterprises, right? A lean government is the best response when you don't have fiscal space. And look, if you look at the, our own baseline, debt sustainability, we know where Ghana is. The important question is, what do you have to do in order to crawl back to a sustainable level is going to be painful, right? That's the state where we are. But you for him, for him, reshuffling, calling for a reshuffling, for reshuffling's sake, is no, not the it, way to go for It's him. not for reshuffling's sake. There's an end to that. You just look at what the market, look at the reaction from the market. The, the, the CD, okay, the free fall, mm. right? And, and if you are looking at it, that look, and it doesn't suggest that merely checking the box that we have a program in place, the CD will just resurrect its work. That comes with confidence. You need to start that. Okay, so confidence is wounded. Faith in the government is, is, is impaired. You need to do something. It's not, it's not like just doing it for the sake of it. We've been talking about this thing right from the second term of the president. You made a case that size matters, given the, the enormity of the challenges that you inherited, and therefore more hands will be needful. But clearly, after the first term, you could see that size really didn't make a significant difference. So in your second term, probably the people who supported you made their political investment. Four years of political returns, probably it's enough. And said, so guys, this is a time to leave a legacy. If you are not thinking about legacy right now, when do you want to do that? Because where we are now, four years, if you look at the debt sustainability, if you want to crawl back, and say you look at it from the fiscal adjustment pathway, you are looking at recording a uh, primary surplus of about 8% and more within the next four years. That's going to be painful. That will be hard for anybody to take. And the signal already has been sent by labor unions across the different occupational groups. That is the challenge with IMF itself. That's the challenge with our development partners. To what extent would Ghanaians embrace this austerity? Right. So there's one level saying that this is what we want to do. There's another level saying that it's going to be accepted. How do you package it in a way that it will not cause social unrest right, okay. and disintegrate society? Mm. Because, because we are looking at implementing an austerity in an environment where inflation has already dwarfed returns on people's investment. Mm. Right. Wages have failed to track surge in prices. Right. Inflation has practically dwarfed the purchasing power of households, right? Across all the layers, you see inflationary pressures that have become entrenched and practically undermining the credibility built around Bank of Ghana's price stability objective. You look at all these things and you just can't say we are waiting for an IMF program. Okay, well, that's um, for the second part where we will delve in deeper into this IMF situation. But the times that we are in and the posturing of the president in terms of that interview, the things that he said in the interview uh, when it comes to the calls that people have made in the times that we are in, mentioning that there's a lot that has been done and those detractors will be put to shame mm -hmm. amongst others and the fact that just calling for reshuffle is not just the way to go but uh, prof the issue about the posturing the tone do you think that the president went according to script <laughs> well <laughs> i i watched and i listened to um, him you know there are many challenges that um, would have to be tackled in developing um, countries some of these challenges are institutionalized negative norms that would have to be dismantled mm. 
and um, they include for instance the fight against fighting galamsey okay raiding the city of hawkes mm -hmm. dismantling or destroying buildings that have been built on waterways etc et i mean these things are challenges that we tend to impose on ourselves in trying to fix these challenges you would receive threats from voters and from people mm -hmm. when you are doing the right thing in fixing these challenges and you receive threats you are expected to be bold to look into the people's face and to tell them that your threats do not unfaze me and that's the reason why i was happy that in his first term when he was fighting galamsey the president said i'm prepared to put my presidency on the line if you ask the greater accra regional minister he's faced several threats in his bid to get the people of Medina and Adenta to use the footbridge and all that. I mean, there were threats, but he could look into their face boldly and tell them that, look, your threats do not unsettle me, they don't unfaze me. Mm -hmm. That is, so at, at a certain point in time, leadership would have to be very bold and call the bluff of people who would want to stampede them with threats of and voting this is against one of the them. Moments? No, voting against them, okay. um, should they do the right thing. But you do not call the bluff of voters when they are disappointed. You cannot say your threats do not unfaze me when clearly things that were promised to be done have not been done in a manner that can tangibly be felt. You do not um, call the bluff of those who enthroned you when clearly they are living in a certain economic misrealization. You, 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 don't, you don't do that. Mm -hmm. um, because if you do that, they get disappointed. In times of crisis, the, the one who is expected to steer us out of that crisis is always listened to. And as people listen to, they expect you to sound presidential, not debative or combative. They expect you to sound suiting and conciliatory. They expect you to say certain words that will bring all of us together, rally all of us behind you. You see, we cannot tackle our challenges without all of us coming together to appreciate the challenges that confront us and say, well, we offer support. So you don't have to make any comments like that, that people would interpret as divisive or combative and all that. So I was quite surprised when the president um, did that. And unfortunately, um, to my mind, he fell for the trap of arrogance that is oftentimes set by the mere exercise of unbridled power. Mm. Okay, Lord Acton said power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. And so if a president has exercised power for a long time without countervailing mechanisms that check the exercise of power, it gets into your head. And so sometimes uh, when you are pushed a little, you may fall for the trap of arrogance that is set by the near unbridled exercise of power. And it satisfies what he did. Yes, truly, he tried to explain, um, went on to um, say that whatever would have to be done, he would do. But mm -hmm. if you still look at the tone um, that he used in going about it, it's satisfied that can saying that, you see, Abuano, if you didn't chena, as I said, if the trap catches a rat, it cries differently from, uh, from it, well, when it is uh, released. 
and all that. So I was a bit um, saddened. And you see, it also has, that statement also has the potency to douse or undermine the future electoral fortunes of the party that brought him into office. Uh, because there is an impression, you see, he is the head of the party now, and there's an impression that, look, uh, smacking of some dead goat syndrome. You know how dead goat syndrome worked against John Mahama and his party. Okay, so um, if such utterances are not tamed, if they are not guarded and they keep recurring, then, in my view, the party may have to consider rescuing itself from the government or delinking itself from the government because the exit of a president should not spell political doom for the party but is that, that birthed the presidency. Is that possible? Well, there is a party that keeps saying they want to break the eight. And if you want to break the eight and there are utterances coming from the head of the party that shows that, well, we don't care, we are almost on our way out. And so whatever threats you issue do not unfaze me. I mean, it would, it would have a certain effect on the psyche of voters. Already I've heard that those com- the community that, um, within which the president said this, That's I mean, yes, they've issued a statement that they will take yeah. a second look at their relationship with the party and all that. And so the party that is interested in breaking the aid must not sit down because as for the president, he is on his way out. And so they must think about, if I'm saying, if this continues, maybe his advisors would speak to him and then make sure that um, next time, even if he has to speak extempore, he would have certain blueprints that would guide the way and manner he would have to speak. This is not what, this is not a president on Akufuadu um, that I know. I mean, we know pres- the president as somebody coming into our home to talk about, us, to address us as fellow Ghanaians. Okay, when in the days of fellow Ghanaians, he sounded so presidential, and just his words and declarations carried a certain force of law. Don't do this. Don't do that. And people obeyed. Okay, and so in times of crisis, we are in crisis. You expect the president, you see, the minimum that he can do is to come into our homes again and to address us in that sober tone so that we are all at ease with ourselves. We all appreciate the challenges that we face. And then you speak to us in a manner that makes us feel like, yes, we can. Let's, let's work together. This is not a time for you to be going about. If, in the first place, you see, the president has a right to tour um, the regions, mm-hmm. to see what's going on. He has a right to do so as the chief executive you know, of the country. But timing matters. Okay, we are in hardship. We are going through difficulties. And so this is not the time for the display of a certain opulence. If, you, if the president you get a is sense going, that that's what is happening. If the president is going, he has an is entourage. Is that not a way of touching base with the no, people no, no, as well? No, no, no. This time is not a time. You have an entourage of so many land cruisers and V8s, over 20 of them. They are all going to be fooled by the state. This is not a time to do that. This is a time for us to have do an introspection and to be brainstorming on, on how or what can be done to surmount the problems that you know confront us. As Buckman was saying, 
I, I had also penciled it down. The IMF can certainly not be a panacea to our wounds. And it appears that in our country, we have a certain one-way propagandistic stomach direction approach to solving every problem. When we were so, um, passing, we wanted to pass the E-Levy, mm -hmm. it was presented to us as the panacea to our woes. And then we had it and then realized that that was not a solution. Now, we are creating an impression as if going to the IMF is a panacea. But if you go to the IMF and you do not cut the size of your government, if you go to the IMF and we continue to encourage wastage in the system, if you go to the IMF and we mine our gold and get only 5% royalties, if you go to the IMF and then we export, we explore our, our, our um, oil and we get just about 13%, we are not able to renegotiate, to get, Gaddafi was taking 70%, said the oil belongs to us. If you won't give us 70%, let the oil be buried in the soil. So if we can't do all these things, and then we think that we are just going to borrow and that will be the solution, then we have lost it as okay. a nation. Okay. Let me bring in uh, Dr. Theo Champon here. He's also a political risk analyst on this. Dr. Theo Champon, should we not get to a point where citizens ought not to be threatening leaders? with votes amongst others or do you also get the sense that in the president's speech or in that interview he seems overwhelmed by the current crisis or situation that we're in such that he won't take threats at this time look um uh, good morning uh, mfr and everyone and both the two professors and yourself have actually used uh, a number of key phrases one of which is that we are in crisis and there's a crisis of confidence across all facets of our Ghanaian um, social and economic life. Um, and that crisis is also then manifesting to an extent um, in the frustrations that people um, are manifesting uh, on the streets. And when the president goes uh, about touring, uh, people saying, well, if you don't do our road or if you don't do our hospital or things like that, then we may not, you know, uh, vote for you. Because part of the reasons why they voted for a change in government in 2016 and maintained this government in 2020 as well was that there's a certain expectation that the problems that they face and the challenges that they face would be uh, resolved. But where we are now with this major crisis of confidence that we have across our social and particularly in our uh, economic life, which is manifesting in a rapidly depreciating um, uh, currency, which is manifesting in high inflation, which is manifesting in high taxes, which is manifesting in high interest rate, but also above all, the fact that we're living beyond our means and have borrowed, you know, pretty much excessively over the years with very little to show for, then you begin to see a lot of that frustration by citizens and wanting more from their elected representatives. What I expected the government or the president to have done for me was to have probably been a little bit more sober in terms of the, the response. Yeah. And not this, it came across as being a little bit nonchalant, you know, that, okay, yeah, we are here and like, we don't care. You can vote us out in that, in that regard. Um, but I think We've seen the president speak to us, particularly I recall during the COVID crisis, 
when he came to our homes and he spoke to us and I wrote it down like Prof said and spoke to us fellow Ghanaians this is what we're doing I think we are at the time where the president must address the nation the president needs to speak to all of us forthrightly about the challenges that we face and about what they're doing to get us out of it because amidst all of this crisis there's also some sort of information vacuum or you may even call it a policy vacuum where that is feeding to an extent into even some of the issues of what we're seeing with the exchange rate and we need somebody to speak to us in a more sort of credible and tangible manner unfortunately i don't think that it's the finance minister that can do it because he's lost uh, a bit of that sort of um credibility within the markets and within the players within the sort of a uh, financial uh, ecosystem and as far back as uh, several weeks ago i and several others have actually said that the finance minister must go and not because we don't like the finance minister but because some serious policy mistakes have been made one on e-levy um number two on the fact that he himself said that philosophically he doesn't support us going to the IMF and and all of us and all those negotiations so if it's something that you don't want to do and you're fundamentally against then why are you the one leading us and driving that negotiation if i were him i would have resigned no two ways about that right so in the midst of all of this policy vacuum and the policy signaling and the fact that many market players don't really um put that much weight to the word of the finance minister i think the president should step in and address the nations and and speak to us on the issues that we face but also what they're trying to do to get us out of uh this mess which includes of course the IMF program that is being uh negotiated and then beyond that i agree that the IMF is not the panacea it's not what is going to um uh fix the governance issues that we have but at least in the short to medium term it will go a long way in terms of helping us gain policy credibility that's what i think it should happen but the urgent thing is for the president to address the nation mm. but in his communication does it tell you that it's a situation that he has under control for instance also the issue about the implications for the npp as a party do you get the sense that he cares at this point i i think every president would care he is the supreme leader of the of the country some of the messaging and some of the posturing it looks like the events of the last few months have sort of taken over a number of the conversations ie russia ukraine ie the current challenges ie the inflation ie the fact that the bank of ghana um, is struggling with its monetary policy tools to to bring down inflation and all of that so there's a lot of um issues that have come to the fore are around the same time but that's why we actually elect leadership and leadership is meant to solve and address these issues both in the good and both in the bad and i think the president would want to care um but it looks as though the messaging like i talk about this information vacuum or policy vacuum there seems to be a disconnect in terms of that care and how that is being expressed 
to the citizens of the country. Because even if things are tough, even things are bad, the fact that the president can speak to us and speak to us saying that we understand your concerns, we're trying to do something about it, you know, give us a little bit of time to find, that alone will go a long way to help assuage some of the frustrations and some of the fears that we currently are experiencing. But if it comes across like we don't care, if it comes across like, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit nonchalant in that regard, then unfortunately that politically can actually be quite, you know, negative uh, for uh, the chances of the party. Mm. Well, Dr. Tutumai, you've also monitored um, everything that was said by the president whilst in the Ashanti region, the World Bank of the NPP. Do you think that the president would have made these comments eight years ago? All right. Um, good morning. Um, good morning to my two professors at the studio. And good morning to, um, to you. Yeah, I think that um, the key words, you know, that need to be um, used in with regards to my comment has been um, well articulated in the studio and by you. But for me, um, I think that eight years ago, um, I don't think the president would have made such a comment um, with evidence um, on his um, campaign tour in Ashanti region, in Bhutan region, in the north, and um, other parts of the country, the president consistently was begging for votes, you know. And I think that with that, it gave him that credibility, you know, as um, uh, someone who was humble, you know, and that when he comes into power, he's going to, um, you know, be there for the people. Um, but recent utterances, including the recent one in, in Kumasi and Ashanti region, for me, I think that um, the president has lost it, and it didn't actually augur well, you know, for for his large followers, you know, um, within the political markets. Um, the idea that you know he's um, not going to reshuffle, and that. Um, the fact that there are certain ministers who have done extremely well to his expectation. Excellent. Um, for me, from a yeah, excellent, yeah. Um, for me, from a political marketing point of view, I don't see that because you see, a manufacturer will develop a product, but that product is not going to be used by that same manufacturer. It is going to be used by consumers, and so when it comes to the issue of determining quality. Um, excellence, you know, it is not something that, you know, the manufacturer himself, you know, can determine it for the consumer because the consumer has his or her expectation and that becomes the point of measurement. So um, the president is talking about reshuffle, reshuffle, and then we define reshuffle in his own words, you know, without considering um, um, the, 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 the voter who voted him into power. Then, of course, I think that, you know, the president more or less is practicing what we call in political marketing as product orientation. And that is not good because um, it, is, it, is, it is something that suggests that, you know, the president is so much, 
you know, um, concern about himself and 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 that of um, his 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 mentality. And I think that that didn't actually go well with with us because you see, um, um, how do you call it? The ministers and their performance and deliveries, their mm-hmm. outputs. You know, the voter is, a, is is that person who is is going to receive the output of the, the, the ministers. And it is not the president, it is not the ministers. And so, um, within this space, what we are uh, experiencing with regards to um, what is happening in the market, you go to market today, um, prices of goods and services have gone up. And every day there seems to be a price increases. Of course, the president will not feel it. Of course, minister, the ministers will not feel it, um, looking at where they stand. But the ordinary Ghanaian on the street, you know, is going to feel it so much in his pocket. All right. So I think that being described, you know, uh, in the past as, as, as a listening president um, and coming back to say some of these things, I mean, I think that that one didn't really go well with us. Okay. And um, I also, yeah, I also want to uh, make this point. I uh, see um, in in the president's definition of reshuffle, mm-hmm. he asks a question as to whether um, it is it is some other people who wants him, you know, to change his ministers. To me, I think that uh, it sounded too political. It sounded to a particular direction, and I think that that is not the issue. And I also believe that, you see, from where he stands, um, for about, as Professor Bobkin said, you know, we have been calling, or people have been calling for a change in government um, after after the, um, the the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. And... You see, it is not because the president feels that his ministers are performing well, all right? But the call is coming from the people, but not from, you know, he himself. And I think that if he is going to listen and he's going to do that, then no one puts the blame on him when when there's a failure, all right? Because if customers are saying that we want, this is the nature of product that we want you to develop for us, and then you do it and something happens, Okay, it is it is the it is the consumer that takes the the blame, but not you, the manufacturer. All right. So, um, what I'm trying to say is that we put you there as presidents, we affiliated ministers that you are working with, and people are saying that we don't want these ministers. Change them. All right. So when you change them, and things that don't work, then of course we will understand that you have done your part. Our suggestion didn't work. So now we leave you to work the way you want to work. But for you to show that kind of um, position, telling us that you don't see anything wrong with what um, your ministers are doing, and okay. therefore you're not going to change them. Okay. I think that that one is, okay. not, is not really in a good list. Okay, so on, yeah. the, on the minister's note, um, thank you, Dr. Tutubwahin. The, the excellent five, that's uh, the trade minister, Alan Shermanting. We have the roads minister, Amakwata. We have um, Ken Ofoyata, the finance minister, which we've been talking about. We have Akutwe Fie, Agrik. And then we have Bafwewa, Admissions Bafwewa. 
um, employment and labor relations. To the extent that these are key ministries, he says, in the first term, they have performed excellently. Then how come we are where we are today? Do you agree that these are top five, in, indeed, in terms of... Let me take a little bite on mm -hmm. that. You see, first of all, I don't know whether it will be controversial, but you see, in my view, this is a certain tacit endorsement for one or two of the frontrunners of the MPP presidential um, uh, uh, flag bearership, you know, race. Um, that, in my mind, evens out the president's rumored support for the vice president. I mean, to the extent that he's named Alan Sherman thing, and then um, I'm asked for a free Akuto, I don't want to talk about, but Alan Sherman thing, I'm mentioning him as one of the best of his ministers. I think that is a certain endorsement um, that evens out his rumored support for um, the vice president. So he mentioned five. And I'm, I am a bit surprised mm -hmm. that, you see, the man who has kept the only palpable signature project of the president running has not made the list. I am surprised. Dr. Edutrum, Ministry of Education. And then it is Napo who has also kept Ghana switched on up till now without doing so. He's also not made the list. So I'm, I am wondering how come he was able to do his judgment. But let's talk about a broader picture of representation. You see, there are several theories of representation. One is called the mandate model of representation. The mandate model of representation suggests that, you see, in the lead up to election, a flag bearer goes about campaigning mm -hmm. and marketing a certain program or policy ideas to the people. If the people buy into these programs and based on that they vote for you, then we say you have the mandate to govern. Now, when you have a mandate to govern, it's not the people who will tell you who should be in your ministries or who should be appointed as ministers and who should be raised up. It's not the people. What is important is that you sold a certain idea to the people, and all that we are looking for is for those ideas to be realized. However you form your government or how, whatever you do, we shouldn't care. That is under the mandate model of representation. And so, to that extent... I can, I, I can see where the president is coming from. That look, It's not you who will be telling me who I should put and who I should, who I should replace and who I should reshuffle, who I should um, um, sack and who I should maintain. It's not you who will tell us. But beyond the mandate model of representation, given that the activities of the appointees, given that these activities directly impact on the lives of the ordinary people mm -hmm. and not necessarily on the life of the president. The ordinary people also have the right to demand or to make certain um, statements or make certain demands on the president for reshuffle and for changes to be made to because we are the direct beneficiaries. Uh, beneficiaries, you know, of whatever these appointees do. And so that is where you expect the president who is supposed to be a listening president to to see that it can never be true that all Ghanaians are wrong and he the president alone is right don't forget that this call for reshuffle and people to be uh, made to step down and all that is not coming from 
I, I find it difficult when people want to say that it's coming only from the opposition. Mm -hmm. Civil society leaders have made such calls too. And some people within the president's academia, own party, even also. people within the president's own party have, have made this um, call. Some are making this call publicly. Some, including people within his party, are making this call privately. We are friends to them. With them, and so we hear what they say privately. They, they they talk about all these things that the president will have to reshuffle. And so I keep wondering why is the president not reshuffling? Is and it because he has is a it because team. no no is it's it? It's a winning team. No, 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 I change a winning team. I don't think they've won yet. You see, okay. is it because there is something there that would have to be covered up in perpetuity? Is it because they lied to us that they had the men? yet they didn't have the men. I keep asking myself these questions. But the president must know, and all Ghanaians must know, that failure to reshuffle, okay, is tantamount to the president's unnecessary dissipation of the limited human resources we have. That can be brought on board to help steer us out of the quagmires in which we find ourselves. We have, if we, if we truly, you cannot tell me that Mr. Kenufuriata is the best finance minister that Ghana would ever produce. Or within Ghana at the moment, there is nobody in the MPP who can run our finances better than him. Okay, if you, so if there the are brains, asks you to give a the, 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 you have. There are brains, they said they have the men, so they know. There are mm. brains, there are talents that are going waste. And I'm saying that Tomorrow or someday to come, somebody should be able to test, it, test this at the court, suing the president for causing financial loss to the state, for not bringing on board the brains and talents that could have been brought on board to help steer us, navigate us you know, through the crisis um, we find ourselves. Mm. Why are we wasting them? The people within the... And sometimes my heart bleeds. When you meet them behind the scenes, they are complaining. Look, we all can help. The president is not bringing us on board. So you people should, you should quote and unquote, talk some for us. I said, but why can't you also make this public? Because the president is making it look as if it is some people, I mean, in this part of the world, when you criticize, they say you, you don't like the president. I've had so many people call, why do you hate the president? I don't hate the president. I mean, I've maintained a certain position. I am a political scientist. I'm supposed to play the role of a referee. If it is right, we comment. Mm. If it is wrong, we say it. And I'm saying that failure to reshuffle at the moment, okay, is tantamount to a needless dissipation of the limited human resource that we have that can be able to be brought, uh, to, uh, to brought on board to help us navigate our way out of the quagmires of economic miserizations mm. which we find ourselves. Okay. Prof People have mentioned, at least we know that you have constantly mentioned Ken Oferiata, for instance. I've added the trade, roads, agric, and then labor. But let's stay on Ken just a little bit. What really will change if he goes? Well, a lot will change. Um, is the signal. The signal that you send is you know, when, when confidence is wounded the way we have it. We want to send every step you take, we want to send the right signal that cross back. Did confidence. he directly wound that confidence? Yes. Okay. He did. Um, but the contest magnifies what we are talking about. An IMF program, 
the big U10, and, and you can see so far, there's a certain implicit position that government has also delayed in terms of the role they could have played in fast-tracking the program. The call was made on 1st July. It took government so long in putting it house in order. And if you look at the speed with which the IMF responded to that call, the call was made on 1st July. Five days or so, the IMF had dispatched a team to the country. It was as though they had bought their ticket already and they were just waiting, right? Subsequent to that, if you look at the number of visits, um, you see that they themselves recognize a certain level of urgency about the situation that is not safe here from the managers of the economy. Then I also tell you something. The two dominant sides to the economy, the monetary and physical. So if you look at the way Bank of Ghana has responded over the, the period, of course, the timing and all of that, you see a certain recognition that something has to be done. And within what they could do, you see what they have done mm. in terms of positioning the policy rate to eliminate demand-related inflationary pressures. But all this while, the fiscal side has been silent. And that silence is so loud that the market is discounting it. Right? That has more to do with the, with, with, with the, with the one who is in charge of the finance uh, ministry. That's a lot. You know, sometimes the way the market reacts about some of these things is that there may be people at the finance ministry who really are on top of it and could do better, but there's, there's a head. And I think where, where we have reached, it would have been more meaningful if the president would take, that, would take advantage of the situation and say that, you know what, this is needful. It is possible you could come back in another form, but within this particular uh, uh, contest, I think this is what will best serve us. What you see playing out is some level of expectation gap between what the citizens want the president to do and what the president thinks that we deserve, sort mm. of, right? And that's why he has marked them. He, mm. he has passed them. What do you think the president thinks the citizens deserve at this point? from everything you've heard him say so far, <laughs> what's your thinking? I think to, to give them excellent math pass, I think it's more or less like telling us we don't, we don't understand what is going on. We are unappreciative. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, are nothing, we are maybe ungrateful or something. That is not to say that these ministers haven't done well. To be very honest, Ken has done his part. And if Ken leaves today, I think uh, we, to some extent there are things we can link him to in terms of how far we have come. Nobody is saying he has done poorly and all of that, but I think where we've gotten to, we need something beyond what he brings on the table. Mm. And also given um, uh, the fact that we are going into an IMF program, even the technical rigor to operate at that level, I don't think Ken is up to it. That's more than investment banking. Mm. Right, talking about an IMF program, talking about fiscal sustainability, talking about the fiscal adjustment that you need to do and to communicate at that level. I think that um, we need to, you know, we've been there before. And if you look at what the president um, is going through, 
We've had leaders who have also gone through that, mm -hmm. and I don't think they reacted so differently yeah. mm -hmm. from what the president has done, right? We saw what happened during uh, President Mohammed's time and all of that. But then again, you also see something similar playing out. 2014, when we had to go to the fund, his finance minister wasn't too keen about going to the fund, yeah. right? But the president made a call. That team was led by Professor Kwesi Botri, right? Mm -hmm. And all of that. So I was thinking that the president would have adopted a similar approach, right? And said that, okay, given your posture and all of that, and the fact that the market itself is not comfortable with you. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Mm -hmm. There are statements and assurances that the finance minister has given to the market that turn out to be exactly the opposite. And that's not good for the market. Perhaps exactly. something similar was what caused Kwesi in the UK, right? Um, at the beginning of the year, when the government announced their enhanced homegrown policies and everything, they were given the assurance that some $2 billion was going to be arranged in addition to the Afrizim loan. Mm -hmm. Nothing happened. The minister was so bullish about how E-Levy was going to deliver on our revenue envelope. The variance was more than 80%. Come on. Okay, so, and then if you look at, you know, something happened, and I think we, we, we can forgive the president, but I'm looking at the finance minister here. If you look at the MPP and how they make projections, they normally under-project, and they would like to exceed and make news about it, even Kenke Party or whatever, right? But then you look at the 2022 budget, and you see government projections, macro level targets and you and two three months down the line it's like they were dead on arrival right you look at inflation target eight percent with a symmetrical rate of two percent look at where inflation is now so you look at how much revenue they said they could raise from e-levy and so when you when you see this and you analyze that critically that was what we said at the beginning of the year once the budget was presented i know this budget was not sufficient enough to give assurance to investors that there is a clear fiscal sustainability path. And if when you see that way, you need an external anchor. And they should have made a call to the fund long ago. If they had done that, probably inflation wouldn't have been where it is right now. And you see, when you see prices head up to where it is, it's very difficult bringing it down. And that's consistent with economic theory. Mm. Prices are upwardly flexible and downwardly sticky, right? So don't expect that once the CD crosses those base drifts, you expect that the CD is going to recover its loss value to about six or seven or no? No, no, no. That's like asking fish to climb a tree where we find ourselves right now. Okay. So if you look at all these things, you are looking at it that okay, beyond an IMF program, what is it that as a president I need to do right now in order to rally the people behind? And that is what we needed the president to do. If you don't do that, there's no way you'll be able to announce that austerity that is coming to Ghanaians. You would rather want to use a face shield, right? See whether you can get civil society where you can get some people to do all of that. But we need the president to talk to us. We need government to reach out to, to Ghanaians. That moral command that the president needs in order to come to our homes as fellow Ghanaians, you must end that. You need to create that. And a good way to do so, countries sometimes leaders do serious reshuffle as a game, right, to win the confidence. Of the people, yeah. you understand? And if, if you see right now, the economic fundamentals necessarily do not justify the continuous stay of the finance. So if you ask him to go, we will not lose anything.
you have been at least interacting when it comes to um, the sector. What does the confidence look like in terms of for the ordinary person, for the people that we engage? We'll get into the IMF discussion mm. proper shortly, but the confidence levels, what does yeah. it look like? It's very low. The market is concerned. There are rumors of austerity. There are rumors of uh, debt restructuring, mm -hmm. haircuts in whatever form, right? So there's some level of uneasiness, right? And if you see in the market, you can see that some people are already reacting mm. to that uncertainty by seeking early redemption of their investment. And they're already taking a deep haircut. If you look at the discount that has yeah. been accommodated, to some extent, you can see that even before a formal announcement, it's like we are taking advantage of each other mm. right now. And that's not helpful. Okay. And that tells you there's a leadership deficit. Okay. In wrapping up, uh, Dr. Theo Champong, so uh, we've been talking about the top five excellent ministers who've been manning these key ministries. Um, looking at the performance, uh, we've seen a Greek, um, I think, I think issues about planting for food and jobs. Uh, we've seen uh, employment and labor relations. He made it to the top as well. Roads. Mwakwata uh, also made it, Alan Chemans in trade, and then also Almighty Ken Ofoyata. Does that look like an excellent team for an excellent performance, you'd say? If the real answer it is this. If the team is excellent across the board, Ghanaians would feel it, and they would appreciate it, and they would then say, um, well done for what you've done. But currently... With where we are now, we're talking almost 40% inflation. You're talking over 50% depreciation of the exchange rate, you know, year to date. You're talking about, you know, potentially people struggling to uh, get access to, to their money. So we're talking about the potential debt restructuring and all, all of those things. These things are affecting people's bread and butter livelihoods, right? So to that extent, I cannot sit here on the basis of those outcomes and say, you know, all the ministers uh, or those five across the board, you know, have done uh, ex excellently. Um, I, I think clearly the messaging from Ghanaians and the messaging from uh, a lot of even investors in the economy is that we do have some sort of confidence deficit or a crisis of confidence. And the signaling that the government or the, the president needs to send is to, one, speak to the nation, but number two, also change some of the ministers, in my view, starting with the, with the finance minister. You know, Prof was talking about the level of uneasiness within the system mm. and the idea that a lot of investors have even already started to price in some potential, you know, um, restructuring um, in, in their numbers. And you can actually see that if you look at the um, Bank of Ghana's latest numbers, right, uh, the summary of the uh, economic um, and um, statistical data, if you look at the external sector data on the um, balance of payments, there are two things that goes into that, the current account and then the capital and the financial account. Just purely on the capital and the financial account, as of June, right, this year, it was actually down, the deficit was about 1.4 billion USD, almost 1.9% of GDP. This is people more or less moving some of their monies or portfolio investments out of the system because of this sort of 
uneasiness or expectation about some of the you know debt restructuring and, and things like that 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 is to come if you look at foreign direct investment as well the numbers are down on a year-by-year -year basis and our overall balance of payments is moved from a positive of 2.3 billion dollars a year ago in june of 2021 now we're talking a negative of minus 2.5 billion usd so nobody needs to tell us you can see this within the market you can see this also in terms of how ordinary Ghanaians are feeling it when it comes to the cost of living inflation and all of that and and to that extent i i don't think that the the ministers some have but not all of them have done their job as expected and mm -hmm. i think to, to send the right signal and we saw this this week in the UK here where I'm based, the Prime Minister was given the sack. The Chancellor of the Exchequer, the Finance Minister, was also given the sack purely because of some of those policy mistakes that, that, that were made. And, you know, we, we cannot be oblivious to, to, to these uh, considerations. Okay. Well, that's uh, Dr. Theo Champong on that. So, uh, finally, Dr. Tutubwane, uh, on the banana on this, let's um, just in wrapping up this particular discussion. We know that there will be more tours. As we speak, the president is in the eastern region, and we don't know where it's next, but we are going to see a, a lot more of these tours and, of course, the touting as well. Uh, going forward, what would you expect uh, will be the posturing uh, such that... Uh, it will build that confidence whilst we wait for the fellow Ghanaians that you are all asking for. Um, what should be the posturing going forward, you'd say, also to benefit the fortunes of the NPP? Yeah, so, I mean, if, um, again, I think that um, the, the, the two professors and uh, Dr. Thieu and myself, we all agree to the fact that, you know, um, the president is actually exhibiting some um, level of um, attitude which um, Daniels are not really um, comfortable with. Um, one which suggests that um, he, he appears to be a bit confused with whatever is happening around him. And he's not also comfortable with you know, the, the, the response he's getting from his own people. Um, but I think that um, as a leader, you know, you need to be calm in, in such situations, um, especially, you know, when you are dealing with <laughs> issues relating to COVID-19 and the uh, Ukraine-Russian uh, war and stuff, you know, which um, uh, appears to be putting a lot of load you know, on the government. Um, so he, he, he should stay calm so that, you know, he can, he can communicate some level of confidence you know, uh, and trustworthiness, you know, into, into into us, so that we may also follow. But if he gets himself confused and begins to throw jabs left, right, center, you know, hitting the people hard, I think that the re the reaction is going to be uh, very negative in 2024. And and uh, again, you know, the party's image with regards to um, um, what. Um, how MPP has been positioned in the minds of people is, 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 is equally going to be affected. And I think that if the president has said, you know, um, once, you know, um, that he's going to make sure that he hands over um, the, the leadership mantle to, to the next MPP government, that is, 
um, breaking the eight, then I think that uh, his communication, you know, should be something that he needs to um, actually look at and and and, and be thoughtful about. Um, not just to say that um, he will put his personal sentiments or emotions ahead of his communication, but again, he needs to um, look at what the people are saying and and also. You know, put it in a better context than than um, showing um, signals that he doesn't really care about the people, um, which actually defeats you know the the perception that has been created with with his attempt to address COVID nineteen. You know, um, as we, we all agree to, um, fellow Ghanaians, is something that you know got into our heads. You know, we were we were all proud of him, and and. Some articles that I read actually said that the president has done well with regards to um, bringing hope and confidence, you know, to the people of um, this country. But okay. if it gets to this level and and it appears that you are going back and claiming whatever you know successes that you have took, then I think that it didn't, it doesn't also um, go well with us. Okay. Uh, but I think that he has he has his own promises before him. He has, he has made a promise to the party. He has made a promise to the people of this country. And I think that that, is, that should be his focus, all right? Else, then, of course, nothing should be expected uh, in 2024. Okay. Dr. Bernard Tutu Boahim there is a lecturer in marketing, University of Education, Winneba, and political marketing consultant. Well, at this point, I will lead by also reshuffling my team. <laughs> not, not, not based on performance. Yes, I'm leading by example. Not based on performance at all. All of us. Yes, but it's based on uh, diversity, balance amongst others. So, uh, Dr. Tutu Boahim will leave us. And thank you so much uh, for joining us. And I'll bring in. Uh, Dr. Priscilla Chumisi Bafo, the senior lecturer at the Department of Economics, University of Ghana, as we talk about the free fall of the city, worst performing currency against the dollar. That's the city, that's what we're talking about. Coupled with um, the Guta, you know, uh, we, we saw the closing down of shops uh, in protest of the galloping city. And now it's more like uh, you blink and open and it's changed. I, I will check with my producers if the first figure I put out, which was 14.75. I don't know if that has changed, but um, they, will, they will let me know if, as we are on TV, anything has changed. But that's the last check. That's what it is selling at that. Also, we've seen the finance ministry statement that uh, we, they have, by the end of the year, uh, the staff team has uh, agreed. We will agree on a deal, we are told. Amongst others, also, we've been hearing from the World Bank on Ghana not taking advantage of the debt, uh, you know, um, service suspension initiative they were asking that we had done that a lot may have changed but beyond an imf program what happens we've we heard uh, professor Bokping mentioned that um the imf is not going to govern uh, the country amongst others but if we do not get the deal by the end of the year what happens is there a planning place what really is the plan have we been communicated to amongst others that's the next discussion right here on news file please we'll take a quick break when we return we'll talk about the city your city, my city, our city. Please stay. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? 
Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 